0: I'm doing the intro. Hello, and welcome (laughs) (laughs) back.
1: Okay. okay, Hello, welcome back to the (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Hello, and welcome back to the Banter Book Club. It's me, your friend Taylor,
1: and me, your other friend John.
0: That might be a little presumptuous. I'm sorry. Look. But either way, you're back listening to us on the Banter Book Club. For some reason and if this episode had a title it's probably got to be something like fly by the seat of our pants because i didn't do much preparation for this one i was actually too busy uh reading slash listening to your recommendation from the last episode all right all right um and i've got to
1: know your thoughts
0: oh okay so the the book in question was oh geez well, I, the series is the the Gentleman Bastards. But I actually don't remember. No, no, no. Give me a second. (laughs) I'm I'm remembering right now. I'm not checking my uh, my audiobook provider. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lies of Lock Lamora, which, when when you told me about this book, uh, I think you first told me about it off air. Uh, Oh yeah, a while ago. We're professionals talking about on and off air. I know. (laughs)
1: Look at us go. So good.
0: But when you told me about it the first time i was like okay I, there's that's english somehow but i don't know where the spaces are in those words the <laughs> lines of loch lamora because it, it seems like that could be a bunch of stuff because loch i think that's scottish or irish for a lake uh, lamora i mean that i thought that was all one word but i couldn't tell but i found it i found it and yes it is it is fantastic uh, that how can I be more specific? That, like, it's yeah, it's uh, very stylized and it's um, it's a roller coaster. you you really get invested pretty early and it's just you know, uh, yeah, it just grabs you by the seat of your pants and I thought the climax was happening at like halfway through. There's some some nutty stuff that goes on that you think, oh my god, where are they gonna go from here? Up, it's great. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I I believe I
1: last time I recommended it to you because the world building I thought was done in a really cool way with like the interlude stories and and things yep. like that. And there's just a lot of really cool like. It's, yep. Uh, how
0: the how the characters who at the start of the story are children, how they learn about the world, and we learn about the world along with them. Yeah. But it's not in like a Sesame Street kind of learning. It's <laughs> uh,
1: it's definitely a hard, school hard knocks type learning for sure.
0: Yes. Wow. Uh, there have been a lot of series that I've read that have a really dark tone, uh, and this one also has a very dark tone, but it's all done with uh lovely accents and uh a gentleman's nature so somehow that makes it better like a man could be covered in fucking garbage and shit and he goes uh please help me to the nearest shower like that's the kind of attitude that this book takes <laughs> which you could you could take such a gloomier the, the response could be so much more downtrodden but it's still I don't know that that pulls it out from uh, from the awfulness that is literally surrounding them. I think. Uh, I think I, I, that that should have been the quote on the the back cover of the book. Yeah. All all that, of that that I just said.
1: That was uh, quite quite eloquent. Yeah. I guess I guess we I, I won't ask you too many specific questions about it because this is uh, you know this is the this is the
0: king killer you ask, ask. yeah but we are here to talk about A Wise Man's Fear which this is now episode two of A Wise Man's Fear yes. and uh, where did we leave off last time I think Quoth he got his tuition and now he needs to make sure that he can pay it Yeah. in which the obvious answer is he goes to
1: his friendly neighborhood Galit not Denna not Denna no Devi or Davey, depending on But your. she,
0: But <laughs> for whatever reason, like an idiot, instead of going right to see her, he goes to see Denna first. Like he's cutting it really close. His tuition is due noon the next day. I don't know. Yeah, and he's just seems like, like he's, he needs his Denna fix before yeah. he actually does the important things in his life, which seems to be a bit of a theme.
1: I mean, especially when it comes to Denna, you know? That's it when it comes to Denna he does but a lot of a questionable
0: things but it is a pretty interesting visit with uh, with Denna. oh for sure. Uh, for sure she is boarding up in some preppy place that has a butler oh yes yeah, she's, uh, she's got quite the digs going yeah and the uh, was it was he called a porter
1: I, or bu- I believe was so it? the porter yeah
0: Quoth learns something very important from this porter, which is the condescending smile It comes into play later. But yeah, he feels uh, really insulted by this porter. Or at least enough to admire this porter's ability to insult him with a smile. I think this is the first time where Denna, or one of the first times where Denna is really interested in magic she is a normie, a muggle.
1: Yeah, uh, she's intrigued what by the other... bell.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we haven't seen her do any any magic, and we haven't seen her know anything about magic. And she, she asks both, like, what's going on? I have this bell, but it's not loud enough for him to hear unless he's right outside the door. And she... She admitted that she would check outside the door every once in a while. She would just swing the door open really quick and see if he was there.
1: <laughs> yeah. He
0: wasn't obviously. There was uh, it was it not sympathy, but it was um. It was uh. uh I wanted to just say there were runes, but that yeah, has, the uh, runes have a name.
1: Yeah. What is it? A,
0: uh. C- sigil Sigil sigildry. Sigildry. Oh my sigildry, God! Yes. We've read these books how many times? We can remember that shit. <laughs> like, that took
1: us how long? Holy I remember the first
0: dude. syllable.
1: Oh man, that was something.
0: My brain can remember the first part of the word, and I had to refire that. S-S-S-S-S c- c- Oh yes, that's what it is. Yes, fan
1: Found it. Yeah, there it is. Okay.
0: Uh, but after the uh, world-building visit with Denna he <laughs> goes to see Demon Davy. Yeah. Neat. But it's a very cordial visit she flusters him with more flirting. He asks for a certain amount, and she says more as she is want to do. She needs him to be on the hook. She can't give him a loan that he can afford. It has to be a little bit more so, so he can be indebted to her. Yep. Um, that's her game. But that's, and that is actually the moment, we might have actually spoken about it before, but the moment where she tries to get the, the information from Quoth. About uh, the entrance to the to the stacks.
1: Yeah, when you find out what it is she really wants in life.
0: This, we've never seen her so motivated. I guess, arguably, she was very motivated to help thwart Ambrose a bit. She wanted in on the whatever the mission was to.
1: She has to a, mess with Ambrose. Like a lot of people, she has a bit of a beef with Ambrose, so.
0: We don't know if it's directly Ambrose with her, or just she really uh, sympathizes with the the women that he yeah. uh, treats so poorly.
1: That is undecided.
0: True.
1: We don't. Yeah, it's it's unclear if it's a uh, a personal beef or if it's just a uh, just a, a, an empathetic beef.
0: But I think it's at this time. So he gets his money to... And he successfully pays his tuition to get into school. There are... There are a number of plots that have been started that don't have uh, a conclusion yet. What were they? So the Plumbob... Uh, they know it's Ambrose, but they haven't gotten any revenge for that yet. He's just kind of trying to continue living his life. Yeah.
1: Out of its grasp.
0: <laughs> yeah the relationship with Denna is is he okay so he hasn't broken into Ambrose's room yet
1: no cuz right no yeah he doesn't do that until he until Denna tells him that her ring is like Ambrose when, took it to like get it cleaned and then he's like holding a yeah. ransom on her basically
0: when does that time happen though okay so has uh Kvothe seen Denna with Ambrose yet Cause when she's at this place with the porter, she's being courted by someone else, not Ambrose, and he's the one that's yeah. paying for her to stay there. That's when and this she's is when she Isn't
1: that when she's with that uh, was it Jeffrey or
0: something? Jeffrey is just a friend. Just he's a not friend. a but that's
1: not oh, but okay. Alright, sorry, keep going.
0: No, he's not rich. He's having money issues. There's another guy who's teaching her the liar. And uh that, that visit that we just talked about to Denna, she shares some of what she learned with the liar. She's only been working on it for three span and he's like, well, you shouldn't tell people that because they'll be angry at you because you're really good at it. Maybe that's a it's a lifestyle difference. If, if somebody's good at something, I'm not going to fault them for being good at it.
1: Okay, so he sees um, Ambrose and Denna after, after they have the <laughs> this, this little interesting fact, bit in Elidin's class. Oh,
0: okay, and that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that's actually quite a bit ways into the semester, because he is more actively uh, frustrated after a while. Yes. Okay, so let's postpone that for a little bit. So, o- of those plots that are that are currently going on, so uh, what? Were there so any other the, ones, or they, they haven't all been started yet?
1: Oh yeah, there's still there's still a lot being set up because uh, at this point it's only the the dousing with the plumb bob, the yeah. uh, the loan from Devi, and the fact that he has the information she wants, but he hasn't. Uh, you know.
0: So I think we're still we're still learning. Those plots are still being started. We're still early, pretty early in the book. I think the next one is the classes with Aloden. He starts going to those classes and he's really frustrated with them. And Aloden, when you go, when you read back, he's actually doing a fantastic job, trying to point out the flaws that Quoth has. Like there's the the one with the seeds that like float in the air. Yeah. You remember this? Yes. And he is like tr- he spends that was like a that ridiculous was the, of the
1: prize for interesting fact. Mola, or not Mola? Sorry, Fella was given that, and he threw in the air, and then he's like trying to catch him. That was mm. that was her prize for winning interesting fact.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those were funny. We've we usually see Quoth being really good at pretty much everything. And yeah. This is the first time where he's in class with with other people, and he's just really bad at it. The problem is, like, he share an interesting fact. And I mean, I'm sure give any.
1: I'm sure you know this, and I'm sure the other like l- listeners and people who've read the book know this. But obviously, to us, the problem is that Quoth is too analytical. So he's looking for very uh, cut-and-dry, this-is-how-you-do-it concrete, how you do it. concrete yeah. types of, of things. And Give
0: me a list of steps exactly. and I can do all of them.
1: Exactly. But this is very, uh, you know... Fluid. Yeah, just completely out of the box. And that is the point of everything that Eldon's doing is basically uh, just trying to get them to stop thinking and just start experiencing... And by doing that, it, like, is, like, the key to the sleeping mind and and bringing that more forward and and being able to control it, right? So that's why he does all these random things, is to just basically, more or less, live in the moment and see what's right in front of you in that moment and not be thinking of what's ahead and the past and and this and that. Right. So it's it's really actually kind of, uh, like... I guess I'll go with I'll go with the word frustrating. It's kind of frustrating as a reader to be like just you're you're just fighting against him because he seems random and you're not like taking the deeper meaning of his of his teachings. You're just
0: Yeah, he has no ounce of subtle in him. <laughs> he can't just sit still and 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 take things in. He has to he has to be faster than everyone else. So when he's not, he gets really frustrated.
1: Yeah. I I do enjoy the different uh, varieties of Elodin's teachings. There there are some that are definitely more random than others. Like I think it's further on in the book when Fellas like, yeah, he had me like put mud in my shoes and walk around. <laughs> like <laughs> I I would love to, like I I can't I can't put together in my head how that was was doing what I said right. <laughs> I'm sure it was in some way. Or, you know, maybe Aladdin loves to to actually do that, but then also fuck with you occasionally. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, I can see it. She's learning the name of stones. So. Yeah,
1: so, you know, mud is dirt. And
0: yeah, just experiencing dirt that was sort of thing. It's really stone, weird. Probably. Yeah, there were stories about him when he was a student, and he would do super random stuff like that. Like he blindfolded himself for, like, three span or some some ridiculous amount of time and just lived, just experienced life that way. He does a bunch at the end of the book with Quoth that I really like. Like, they became a ragtag duo of nonsense. They just were...
1: And, I mean, there are definitely times when this, like, that urge to just be, like, whimsical and and random does overcome Quoth. Like, and this is before he hits, like, his spinning leaf... uh, times yep. with the adem and stuff this is like i think there was one time he was walking back from from imray and he just jumped into the amethi river on a whim
0: just just was that just to do it uh, That was. i think that was early that, <laughs> that was in the while he's getting attacked is when he jumps in and then the, the oh couple right you know what you're right pointedly... he
1: got very hot and he jumped into the river because he yeah. was he fell like, yeah okay you're right it was not well that's a
0: another plot it was not uh, but on I a think whim. The, the next plot that starts is uh, his pet project for Kilvin. Yep. He goes to uh, back to the fishery to try and make some more money, and uh, he gets called into the principal's office, and uh, he gets told off. Like <laughs> this is one of the moments where uh, Kvoth is impressed with uh, Kilvin's memory. Like, he's working on whatever project he's working on, but he then he starts rattling off everything that Kvothe has ever made, and they're all kind of menial jobs. And, like, these... Yes, these are appropriate for Illyre, but you're Ralar now. Yeah. Does this work please you? And so he finally caves and says, no, not really. And uh, Kilvin challenges him to make something uh, suiting his intellect, his prowess. And I think this is the first part where we... Maybe it's not actively hidden. No, it, I, it pretty much is actively hidden. He, so he starts working on this project, but we don't know anything about it. All of the time that Quoth spends working on it, the reader is not privy to.
1: Yeah, it just sort of skips through. Like, yeah, yeah. There were some long hours in, in the fishery, working on, on things. Like, it just skips right over it you know we don't get to know but
0: and if you're not paying attention there if if you're not actively connecting this moment with future odd moments then it seems like there's some really random stuff that goes on in the story like uh, the bear trap moment I remember the first time I read this and uh, I think they were talking about uh, his conflict with Ambrose and Sim was like it's like sticking your foot in a bear trap and Quoth breaks from the moment. And is like, ah, oh, a bear trap. That's exactly what I need. Yeah. And everyone takes it as he's gonna stick a bear trap in Ambrose's way, or somehow make Ambrose step in a bear trap. But that's not at all what he. he it was meant for his project that he's working on that we are that we don't know anything about.
1: Yeah, it's like this weird uh, epiphany moment, and we're all like, we we get to be uh, part of. The sim and Will confusion as they like kind of just, <laughs> just look at each other, <laughs> like, Whoa, what the fuck is wrong with this dude?
0: <laughs> yeah, we thought he was cracked before, but what's going on now?
1: Yeah, yeah, something, something's, something's amiss here.
0: Yeah, so that plot line gets opened. When does the actual, the plot against Ambrose start up?
1: Oh, yeah. So that's uh, that's interesting because so, as. malfeasance happens you know he's sort of combating it with his own will he has his friends assist in shielding him and they they sleep in shifts and eventually he confronts davy about it and it's not until after he gets the gram made i'm pretty sure that they actually well
0: he has to he has to learn that her ring is missing and then the the time that well, he actually gets... Well, they're also looking for the get, moment, right? They're looking for the moment. Of, yeah. For, of... That they assume... Okay, so, I mean... For the uh, malfeasance to start... That Quoth has to know that her ring is missing... And have his first attempt at getting it. He gets into Ambrose's room... But the window is locked... And there's, like, something that... Uh, that alarms Quoth, And so... Ambrose comes right back, and Quoth has to get out as fast as he can. It ends up falling off the roof, and he, like, cuts himself on the roofing tile, and And Ambrose gets a piece of his blood, gets some of his blood, and then starts doing malfeasance against him. And this is before, and Quoth has no idea that there's any malfeasance going on, uh, and uh, Sim and Willem, Kvoth is, is dead set on the malfeasance being Ambrose, but Will and Semin are like, think about it. He's a clever bastard. He would never do this. This is a job that he would get somebody else to do. I don't. We don't think it's Ambrose. Ambrose doesn't ever do anything himself. He gets other people to do it. We don't think it's Ambrose. And then, since he they know about Davy already, uh, I think it's uh, Willem that says, "Well, think back to the last time you saw Davy. Did you offend her in any way?" And that was the time where. He said no to her. He did was not going to yeah. tell her how to get into the stacks. And then he also ignored her sexual advances. So they think it's her. And then they... That's when he finally reacts without telling them. And shows up at her place of business. And they have one of the most em- epic sympathy fights. Or the only sympathy fight? It's...
1: Uh- yeah, it's the only sympathy fight, at least so far. You know, aside from the du- the little duels in Zelda's class. Yeah, in but the class. Y- you yeah. heard me just refer to it as a little duel <laughs> because it's yeah. you know it's, they're not actually going after each other. They're just they're battling uh, wills on other inanimate objects, not not going after each other. Very Yeah, different.
0: they're not actually trying to kill each other.
1: Or, or torture the other into giving information. <laughs> you know, totally normal things.
0: But I think the. The moment where Kvoth learns about Denna's missing ring was just a small moment. And yeah. then after that he try then he decides to to risk yeah, himself. There's, the
1: two different, there's like the two different times that Trips. they yeah. that they have to go into Ambrose's stuff. Oh my god. And it's the second time that you know, right before it is when uh Davy Joins them in their plot against Ambrose, and that's when we, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, this is another time where Ambrose kind of does Quoth a big favor. Like if Ambrose wasn't such a huge piece of shit, <laughs> then Davy wouldn't wouldn't care enough to uh, reconcile with Quoth.
1: Yeah, and it's it's another one of those things where this guy's actively trying to, you know, screw over. Someone he doesn't know that it's Quoth at the time, the guy, the person he's doing malfeasance yeah. against, but it's actually assisting Quoth in gaining allies. It's very strong just, allies. Yeah, very strong. So it's, it's a very uh, strong example of actions having consequences.
0: And all of this is happening still at the university. And when I remember back to a wise man's fear. I don't actually have a lot of... uh, Memories of the university. If I think about the timeline of this book, most of it is not spent at the university, but going back, yeah, there's a pretty big chunk of this book that's at the academy before we leave. Have we missed a time in the present day? Has the story stopped at all during this?
1: There was a one little bit where they have Shep's funeral.
0: Yeah, and uh, Coat uh, chooses not to go. But sends Bast. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, Bast is more welcome or more friendly. I forget the logic behind Quoth not going.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there was too much... Uh...
0: Chances are we've already talked about it anyways. From either <laughs> in <laughs> episode oh, three okay. when we just skip forward into book two and randomly.
1: The part where he's like... Quoth is telling uh, Bast that he saved everyone last night. And he's like, "Oh, that's just not true. You know, you you would have stopped it. That's what you do." He sort of just shrugs away.
0: Oh, when he gets beat up by the two random soldiers?
1: Uh, no, I think they're still talking about the shape changer, the skin dancer here. Oh yes. Okay. They stop because uh, because like Cobb comes in or whatever. And apparently, my dogs think that right now is the best time to play. You'll be missing the funeral, <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they they're playing.
0: It doesn't sound like play.
1: Shroud's chasing Griswold around just like like uh wagging his tail and going <laughs> I <don't> know, <laughs> that's like his only form of playing.
0: Sounds aggressive.
1: I mean he's he's like a little eleven pound dog, right? Go he's going yeah. after the Grizz is like sixteen or seventeen pounds, something like that. So
0: the rib, David a, and Goliath moment.
1: He's a, he's a scrappy little dude, you yeah. know. Why? Okay,
0: so where were we? Where are we in the story?
1: Where are we in the story? Well, you
0: see. Are we just going to pick up after the... Were there any cool moments? Okay, so uh, maybe I'm not sure exactly when it happens, but there is, there is a moment where I have mental bookmarks about, like, this feels really important. Okay. It feels like it's introduced something to be true with Denna. Denna is, um, I think it's the moment where she comes in, the Aeolian, and uh, walks up to the table and is like, pretend you're angry at me, I'm late, or so, like whatever. And then they do a wonderful job acting like they were expecting her, and she's really late, and she escapes this whatever guy that has has accompanied her. Oh, and yeah. then they introduce her to this card game as if she didn't know it already. And she fucking steals their money from them.
1: Oh, yeah. She, she straight up uh, hustles them.
0: She sharks them. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but during that, uh, she's asking about magic, too. Or after that or whatever. I think that moment is that they're at the table with the three of them. And they tell her a whole bunch of stuff about magic, how magic works, certain types of magic. Um, yeah. They don't teach her how to do it. That's Those are state secrets. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can't state tell her those. Secrets. But they give her all this information, and then she asks about a, about a different type of magic. Do you remember this moment? Yes. Do you, And she asks her, do you know anything about a type of magic where you just write something down? And that becomes true for the person who reads it, yeah. and um, they all say no. They think she's talking about the one of the runes. Oh, sigildry, <laughs> sigildry. Yes, they think they they just oh no, it's not it's not that. This this thing, what you think is actually this other thing, but actually what I think, this moment coupled with another one, in the future, is that that is a real magic that she has seen and she knows somebody who can write something down and it becomes true such as
1: her patron writing something like you're a good musician
0: oh that, okay that's I mean I don't one. know that that I, just
1: that just came to me that was not something that I I've thought previously so
0: right there's no proof of that anywhere no, but that would yeah. be a, an interesting example that was all read between the lines stuff that I was saying though like don't yeah. There isn't any proof that that is a real of type magic. of magic, but she asks about it twice, so I'm like, "Yeah, that that exists."
1: That seems real.
0: There's confirmation.
1: One hundred percent true.
0: Hundo P. Writing magic. Death Note is in King Killer Chronicles.
1: Oh, is that a thing in that uh, that you're talking about? Do you
0: do you not know uh, what Death Note is?
1: I know what it is. I've never watched it or anything of that nature, but I know what it is. Okay. Insofar that it is, like, uh, an anime.
0: Yes. There is a book slash notebook that if you write a name in it, that person dies.
1: I might not have broken that out if you were like, tell me about Death Note. I would have been like, it's an anime. That's as far as I would have gone. But I (laughs) can recall that from uh, hearing it before
0: and this book also uh introduces other types of magics that that are yet as of yet unexplained kilvin has a few in in uh his shop that uh yeah have no explanation yet and like the um, i think it was called the ward the major ward it just stops something in its tracks it like makes a wall of something so that stuff can't get past it and it's Actually, that moment that Quoth gets inspired to make something similar, yeah, because it's something that that Kilvan can't explain. I don't. Quoth th- doesn't share that moment as true. Like, ooh, and then I got really inspired. It just his final project.
1: Yeah, it's very s- uh, similar concept for sure.
0: I think it it was his attempt to make that exact item. That's as <laughs> close as he could get, which was admirably close. Yeah, I'd buy that. Oh yeah, that'd be so cool. I mean, I'd be, I'd buy any kind of magic probably.
1: Well, I, I meant I'd buy uh, your particular parallel of it.
0: Are there any other uh, events? Because I'm pretty sure it's after the second trip to Ambrose's rooms where they actually get the ticket for Denna's ring that he, he leaves shortly after. That the heist job is kind of the, uh, the climax of. Both time in the academy.
1: There is this uh, the little bit of story here, The story of Ferneal or Ferneal, I guess. You uh, do you remember that story?
0: I definitely remember the name. Um, it's called a piece. Give of, me the beginning.
1: The, the chapter is a piece of fire. So it was like uh, Ferneal was at a great crossroads. There was no inn where the roads met. Instead, there were clearings and the trees where travelers would set up their camp and pass the night. And there was like the, the beggar that went around to the different fires. Oh, can you spare a, a piece of fire or whatever?
0: Oh, yeah. Was that that was the story that Quoth tells while they're drunk on the bridge, on the way back to uh, the academy? Okay. Yeah, because Quoth, uh, it's the the man on the road, eventually becomes an elder of the Adumaru. This is a story that the Adimaru tell the other Adimaru, yeah. And it's about it's essentially a story about family. And on the road, this old man, this beggar, comes across many different types of people, and they all kind of either tell him off, require gold that he obviously doesn't have, or um, or was the uh, the last option was the Adimaru. Oh, I guess you, he got politely turned away by the amir. Yeah, the,
1: the Emir tell it, like turns him away politely, and then...
0: And then he finally comes yeah. to the Adimaru, and they invite him into their family. Not just their caravan, they don't just share food with him, but he becomes like part of the family, literally. So a
1: whole chapter is dedicated to this story. And do you think it is here for any more purpose than just a story that is dear to Kvothe's heart, because it is basically... Uh, uh, a story that shines a positive light on his roots
0: you know what that's that's a great example of a thing that i've never thought about before i haven't thought but about once it until you just ask, now. <laughs> once you ask that question it seems very obvious if books words in a book are like money you only have so many words that you can fit in a book and to dedicate so many words puts a lot of emphasis on the thing for sure even outside of the story and the deep, how the deepness of uh, Patrick Rothfuss, but just literally, if you spend the a lot deepness. of time on a thing, <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry, keep going. Uh,
0: I feels like that word's gonna get used every the single deepness. time.
1: I did find the next interesting thing. We have touched on it a little bit, but I think it bears a bit of uh, a bit of it. talking. Uh, so they find. They had, like, that bet about find the, some book or whatever, so they go to Puppet to settle it.
0: Uh, and it's not uh, uh, Puppet. Yeah, they have the arguments about whether the Amir were a part of the government or a part of the church. Yeah. And they collect a whole bunch of books to settle the argument. I think there were two different arguments. But anyways, yes, the this is finally when it's uh, painfully obvious that uh, Simmon cheated and went to puppet for the answers for the the proof to what he was arguing for and puppet sent him right to the exact places the location of the book the number on the page the paragraph on the page yes like when simon is reading it out he's like this book chapter this page this and like okay so this this mind that is the puppet is insane like Whoa!
1: And what well, you know what's kind of uh, funny and interesting is that uh, when they first go to him, he says, Who calls on Tablin the Great?
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's playing a character. Yeah. And in those conversations, it's, it's also we totally pivoted to Puppet, but I'm okay with that. So he, <laughs> he gets an introduction to the actual the man that's been brought up at least three or four times. Plays a character, and then it's obvious that that character doesn't really understand time, or time is like warped for him. Maybe because he lives inside, he never sees the sun, so he doesn't know that uh, that it might have only been an hour, or if it's been a day. Like it's like I saw you today already, didn't I? Yes, about an hour ago.
1: Hi, who are you? I am Quoth. You seem so certain of it.
0: I did, yeah. I did like that guy. He was like he realized. Quoth doesn't really know what a listener or a speaker is. And to Puppet's definition, probably the more true definition, Quoth isn't even a listener yet. He's not even an Alir. If this were the school of the olden days, when the progression in the academy was based on your naming, then Quoth wouldn't even be considered a listener yet.
1: Why wouldn't he be considered a listener?
0: Uh, because he can't really hear, um, or at least this is the impression that I get. Like puppet, or puppet, has deemed him like you're not yeah. a listener oh, yet, hard, but you'll yeah, get there eventually.
1: You're hardly uh, you're hardly a RLR. Yeah. Now you're a looker.
0: <laughs> yeah, but soon you'll see.
1: You looked too hard and didn't see enough. Much looking can get in the way of seeing, you see. He's very, uh, very Elodin like.
0: What are some other of those key plot points? Or should we not open them all this episode?
1: Uh, well, I mean.
0: I think we might as well.
1: I feel like. So, you know, in my head, it's maybe 10%. It's it's like the first 10% of it is at. Like the university, and then he goes off right. on all his adventures. But he—they're still at the university, like 400 pages in.
0: Yeah, when you which... look back to how much time is spent on those, uh, all the other stories. Like there are, are entire arcs that move pretty quickly. His time yeah. with the mayor—I don't know how many pages that was—but that gets wrapped up very quickly. There are no side stories going on. I guess there. Uh, his time with Dena also. But other than that, it's, it's all business in his time with the mayor. Yeah, so and then it's, it's about 400 thing.
1: that he leaves on the trip. That's when he meets Threep in, in, uh, in Imre before leaving. And then all of his adventures take him a long way. He doesn't get back to the university until, like, page 1,000 or yeah, further. Yeah, so he's
0: got all of his time with the mayor and then all of his time out on the trip and then all yeah. of his time in, in the fay the fay
1: and then with the adem and then making his way back to the university but if you had asked me if you would if you would closed my book in front of me and said how many pages is it before he goes on the trip i probably have been like 150 200 <laughs> at most yeah. and it's double that yeah. like there's act, like you said there's some storylines and they open up a few things but i don't i think most of it is kind of closed there's the bit with nina uh the girl from the moth and farm that uh draws Uh, the picture from the vase which that is an open-ended storyline in that he's got this picture and it doesn't at this point give him a jumping off point it's just another thing to stick in his you know stick in his back pocket and wait to see what uh what comes out of it i guess
0: but yeah the it's uh, I mean, at least as far as uh, the length of the start of the second book, like the, still being at the academy, at least for me who listens to both of them, like I kind of I might be uh, accounting a bunch of the stuff that happens in the beginning of book two and sandwiching in that with the end of book one. So to me, yeah. when I think about book one and book two, I mostly think about his time at the academy and then when he leaves the academy, and granted the. The time spent at the academy is more, but it seems like that's how my brain wants to split it up. Not not exactly book one and book two.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. It's melds together.
0: Man, so what do we need to get out of the way to start talking about him leaving? Are there any other significant moments that are happening? I mean, there's plenty of action with him getting back uh, Denna's ring. Are there any other more deep moments, like things uh, that are. There's the time. Hints toward book three?
1: I mean, I don't know about him towards book three, but there was uh, his last conversation with Elodin on the bridge.
0: Oh, yes, where he's on the edge and Quoth yeah. doesn't really want to be on the edge. Yeah. As edgy as Quoth is, he's not edgy enough.
1: I mean, it's a it's a little nice uh, poignant moment.
0: Yeah, he's giving him I, real I, advice. I don't know.
1: Another good answer. Remember it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, of
1: course, spit for luck. You know, typical Elodin and I realize I'm going back and forth on how I say his name.
0: I don't think either one is wrong, so yeah, I might as well be know. interchangeable.
1: I don't know. I I definitely when I first read it, I said it? Elodin, and then listening to the audiobooks multiple times, they say Elodin, so it just sometimes it comes out one way, sometimes another. It's just how, just how it is, you know?
0: Yeah, I I have actually I don't know if I've heard anybody give a a true answer to that, like how you really pronounce it. Again, there are a lot of times where Names and fantasy stories, I think, are just completely made up. But turns out, I meet one f- four years later, somebody with that name. I do
1: believe that Patrick Rothfuss has, uh, in the ten-year anniversary of, of Name of the Wind, there's a pronunciation guide. Ooh. Uh, and I do have that, though it is upstairs and inaccessible at the moment.
0: Tune back in next time when we learn the true pronunciation of eloden or (laughs) eloden
1: yes i will be sure to have it to hand uh for next time
0: i don't want to ruin the moment but you had left me a message at the end of the last episode that said i know exactly (laughs) how i'm gonna earn our explicit next week yes yes i do (laughs) and i'm kind of waiting for (laughs) i don't know (laughs) are we are we about to wrap up the uh this episode
1: of bbc About to wrap up the BBC that we just just shoved into your mind hole. Oh no! (laughs) That was it. That was it. By the way, perfect. Oh
0: no! (laughs) What are we gonna do? (laughs) That can't be it. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Oh no! What's wrong? Come on, that was great. I don't know. I guess nothing. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> it just sounds
0: wrong. Like everybody's gonna Hey, you you listen to BBC? <laughs> Did you hear this
1: week's look, BBC? Look, look, look. There have been whoa, whoa, much, whoa. much more prestigious BBCs. The British Broadcasting Company. That's a. B- oh, okay. that's that's a good BBC. Yeah.
0: The BBC. But I was talking about big are... black cocks. Yeah. <laughs> i knew that <laughs> I, I, I knew that you didn't have to say that again no no i did i did or I did. you didn't okay okay uh yeah i kind of want to wrap up his time at the academy though
1: basically if
0: there is a little heist that that was a fun adventure each everybody had their own role yeah everybody got to act and convince ambrose that this was a natural moment and there was no tomfoolery but then Quoth gives it away
1: and he gets, ends up on the horns right i know there yeah, was it's... much
0: merriment that happened after this quoth is super happy he got her ring back but then there's just it's essentially the shire from lord of the rings that moment of the story where kind of everyone is happy and all good it's all good things but it gets yeah actually not too rudely interrupted because we don't actually hear anything about it. Although there is a moment when Quoth is taken where we hear some stuff about wh- whoever those government officials were or church officials. The priests with the cudgels that had special colors or something and this kind of special club means that he can take a duke to court and he can't say anything about it. <laughs> what color club was that? It was gold with silver trimming. What do you think a single diamond set was beset on the top, and that means that he was a special kind of priest.
1: What do you think a, a big black glove <laughs> would mean? Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> dang it. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <sighs> I really, it blindsides me every time. <laughs> That's never my where my mind goes. Uh, uh, we all can tell that apparently it is where mine goes. No, but I guess there's not many not much more world building at least for book 3 we did cover a lot this episode
1: we don't get to more like book 3 relevant stuff until the mayor, i think like that's when we really start to get get that but, oh, okay, feel okay so
0: he you know? at some point he eventually completes the gram so that plot hole gets filled with a <laughs> you BBC. know what else <laughs> <Thank you>. uh <laughs> But I guess even that, that's still a continuation of the Ambrose thing. He completes the gram, gets safe, can sleep like a baby again. Sets up the attack on Ambrose rooms. Which had some cool magic in it. Like the the incorporation of the pocket battering ram I thought was really cool. Oh yeah, that was. Like cool. there's a little and uh, also the the poor boy that Davy had. Those were both really interesting, you know, handheld little Magic devices that have a huge impact on the world. I thought those were really cool.
1: Yeah, I really like a lot of the little bits of Sigildry that are like everyday items you can carry around.
0: I don't know. It feels like the end of the Academy needs to have a, a bow. Well, I mean, it's not the end. He does it. come
1: back, right? Like, there's not.
0: No, you're right. I guess I mean before. So, I, I mean, uh, it seems like Quoth uh, doesn't really want to talk about, or it's obvious that Quoth doesn't want to talk about the trial. So after he gets the ring back and he gets brought to the Iron Law, I think they call it.
1: Yeah, it's it it is strange. I mean, I guess it would have been just like a a tedious story if there was no real reason for us as readers to hear it. And it's one of those stories that's told and and retold about So in the book. So it's just sort of like, eh, what's the point? Like, we can just skip that. Or maybe it's being, you know, hidden for a reason. Maybe there's a piece of critical information in there that we'll find out in book three and be like, "Wow." Yeah, there could be. Yeah,
0: coat definitely seems to be hiding a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. So it seems like there could definitely be some stuff in there, and uh, he just wants people to do their due diligence. Or my, in my mind, he had those memoirs and he, and the trial is what flummoxed him, in the, and that's why he stopped because he couldn't. Or he, that was the the point in which he got to before he quit. So it seems like that might be the reason that he quit. Maybe the trial is just too boring of content for him to make interesting, or a trial is too boring for Patrick Rothfuss to make interesting.
1: I mean, either way, I mean, a trial is probably not going to be the most interesting of. Uh...
0: That's exactly right. I'm not I'm not blaming him for it, but like. Yeah. Uh, episode one a phantom menace gets so much crap about it being a trade oh, envoy yeah. <laughs> mission and they had the whole thing at the beginning that was super fucking bo- get to the lightsabers, <laughs> <We're> the lightsabers! <laughs> we are the fans and we need lightsabers yeah they're wrong <clears throat> like you think they're wrong you like the beginning of phantom menace i
1: mean i don't think it's uh I didn't think it was particularly bad," said the dry dickers. "You check it out, Corporal. We'll cover you. Roger, <laughs> Roger." <laughs> that is one of my favorites.
0: I gotta rewatch. I haven't seen that in so long. I, I, I remember really disliking them the first time I saw them, but I think back on them very fondly. Like they're fun adventures. Yeah. Oh, I, that was probably the most controversial, controversial thing I've said so far. <laughs> They're
1: fun adventures.
0: <laughs> Even uh, more than the BBC.
1: Or uh, or your stance on the movie Avatar.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to you that sounded inflammatory, but I know I've inflammatory. got inflammatory on my side. You don't think... I, yeah. I, to I, to you, you, you seemed upset with the fact that I thought the movie was I, bad. I
1: thought it was... I'm not upset that you thought the movie was bad. I was baffled that you thought it was as bad as you said it was.
0: Oh, okay, fair enough.
1: That was that was the like if you didn't like it, that's one thing. But it wasn't even that you didn't like it. <laughs> that was it was a totally different. Uh...
0: Yeah, and I remember the first time I saw it. It was the first time I saw like a 3D movie, and it was done really well. It did feel like. It was a huge success. Obviously, it made so much fucking money. But, like, when you think back to the story or the world building, there wasn't much. But anyways, we got hung up on Avatar again. I mean... And Star Wars. It's
1: definitely... It's going to be a contentious point for a long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but there's hopefully I mean, there's we, some crossover between you, our possible audience and a Star Wars audience. If
1: you'd like, you know what we can go back and talk about? What? BBCs.
0: <laughs> we can get right back to those. Nope, nope. Good night. Bye, <laughs> bye. We'll see you next time. Send us an email at at gmail.com. We're gonna change that to BBC at gmail.com. Oh, uh, we're not. That's definitely taken. <laughs> BBC it. suck one. At bbc. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, I, I guess that's where we'll end for real, though. Okay, I was Taylor, and I was John. This, this was the Banter Book Club. Yeah,
1: we look at you next time.